Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 1, Chapter 77, Climax. As prom night approaches, Betty and Jughead search for auteur answers, and Veronica helps Archie prepare for a fight with a familiar friend. It's back. Okay, so I don't feel like, this does not feel like a premiere. This is not a premiere episode. Well, no, it's not really. If you skipped our season five premiere episode because it's uber spoilery this is a reconfigured episode from season four yeah they took the three episodes that they could not film due to the pandemic from season four and have reused them for the beginning of season five cool so this really just picks up where we left off which is fine i appreciate that but like in terms of like season premiere it's just like yeah it's not a season premiere episode so i can't really judge it in that way i mean Kind of is. Look, I didn't have a problem where we decided to cut things off from the end of last season. The great thing about where we left off with season four is that it's a great cliffhanger. It was a perfect cliffhanger to leave. Sure, sure, which they don't always do, which they haven't haven't done a good job of doing. Yeah, and sometimes you don't. Like you you end a season and then Mm -hmm. you leave something slightly hanging to let us... Get excited about what's happening next time. My concern is that this is a big story that we now are going to have to wrap up along with graduating and moving on to whatever their futures are going to be in three episodes. That's what I feel like is going to get short shrift because (laughs) of the recycling. Even though that's what they were planning on doing anyway. But it, nah, I don't know. But I. Here's the thing. We'll find out, right? Yeah, but I think still not using them in the same way. I know they're they're probably not the exact same episodes that they were before. No. Similar, yes. Reconfigured, I would expect. A little yeah. Bit. It's a weird way to start this season, which, you know, last season we had to start in a weird way because we had to honor the death of Luke Perry. Nothing right. about the season is going to be normal in my book. No. Because... We're coming off of 2020. Coming off 2020, we still don't know how many episodes we're gonna get. We like at this point, we still don't know. Like we only have episode listings through seven. They probably don't know either. No, because they don't know what the production's gonna have to look like as they go along. We know that they went back and then they got started and they got shut down. And they've been shut down before. They took a break, which I thought they weren't taking a break for the holidays, but they did. So it's I don't a mess. know. Yeah, like they it just, just is. They just went back, so it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but your your intrepid viewers are here to take you along this ride. <laughs> but overall, I'm pleased. I like what happened. We got some some movement. Things happening. happened. Some some chess pieces got moved around. We got some information that we didn't have before. I like that. And I'm I'm excited. So uh let's uh recap that recap, Dave. We didn't do this last season. They stopped doing it like halfway through. Yeah. There were no recaps of the recap. I am excited okay. to bring back this segment. Well, this is David. David enjoys this little bit. He does. <laughs> Archie, Betty, and Veronica have a love triangle going on. Archie kissed. Then Archie wrote a song, but Betty broke it off. Archie's going to the Navy. Hiram has an issue. Someone's watching the core four and then making snuff films. Bughead goes to a cabin and finds a death tape of Mr. Honey. Mm. Ooh. all right so we show up right back we're in that cabin again it's the cabin where hermione was having the the affair with sheriff Manetta. that's where she shot him and ladies and gentlemen the fbi the fbi is there 
And we find out that Honey was not killed. So they've checked on him. He's fine. Okay. Okay. So Charles is there. They're finding out that information. And Jughead brings up that, hey, okay, like, this is a big deal because I wrote a story called Killing Mr. Honey where I, uh, we killed him in this cabin. (laughs) And I like that, well, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence. And they kind of go back and forth and they just kind of bring up, okay, unless I'm being watched or hacked, ding, ding, ding. Then we immediately cut to Charles. Like, come on. We look at Charles because we know Charles is, we know from previous episodes, we've seen that Charles is following Betty. He's following her and that he's listening to her phone calls. So we have to assume that he's also following and listening to Jughead. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. But to me... This points to my theory that Jelly Bean's in on it. I don't like this. Well, because okay, again, remember what I said about my theory at the end of last season. Every time we saw Jelly Bean last season, they were setting this up that every time she walked into the room, hey, Jelly Bean, hey, we can't talk to you. Get her out of the room. Hey, Jelly Bean, get her out of the room. Every time they had that computer in the house, Jelly Bean had access to it. She, they did. And then they did the same thing with Kevin as well. So I think Kevin was the the red herring because we're supposed to not pay any mind to Jellybean. And then in this episode, all of a sudden, now we pay attention to Jellybean. But when we get to the scene, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why we're supposed to pay attention to Jellybean. I I can't believe that Jellybean is the ringleader of this. No, I don't think she's the ringleader, but I think she's one of those kids in the video. Mm. That's what I think. So they're going to look into it, but then they find out, they noticed something in the room, these ticket stubs that say B and V, to which (laughs) Betty's like, what, like Betty and Veronica? (laughs) And Jughead's like, no, like Blue Velvet. Like that's where all of these tapes are coming from, that Crypt Keeper David. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, it was just recently David Lynch's birthday. Yeah. Who is a Crypt Keeper and yet the nicest Crypt Keeper ever. Yeah. Well, it's it's great. And then now we officially have started calling this guy the auteur. <laughs> Which, okay, fine. If he's not the film auteur, he's connected somehow. So we're, we're like, okay, so all roads are going back to this dude, David. We got to go figure this out some more. Okay. Cut on over to Archie's bedroom. And Veronica's getting ready. And Archie comes in from a workout. She calls him Teenage Thor. He's so sweaty. It's so sweaty. <laughs> and she's like, you can serve our country in the USO. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and Big which dumb is, Archie. Big dumb Archie. She has found the song. Oh, boy. And she's like, this is great. I'm glad you're still working on music. And he's like, no, it's horrible. I, I stink. And he, he crumples it up and throws it away. He's such a terrible liar. <laughs> Yeah, he's, well, he's just, su- it's super awkward. It's super It's very, awkward. very awkward. And so she gets a call from dad. She's like, I got to go. He wants to have breakfast. And Archie's just like, oh, shame. You know, I would have asked you to join me in the shower, which I, I, I do like this because, of course, he's trying to deflect from the emotional shit with sex. <laughs> That's always been their game. They've always been a very physical couple. Yeah. I don't yeah. have a problem with that, but they have always been more physical than emotional. Nah, that's fair. That's been their game. That's the way it is. So this makes complete sense. I'm going to get away from this by distracting you with my apps. 
I'm not going to give the writers that much credit that they thought that deeply, but you know, maybe, you maybe, know, I don't know. But you know, like, it was, I don't trust them. I don't. I don't trust them. I don't. But remember, new writer, things started changing last season. We saw real growth. And again, this episode, I'm going to say I've seen real growth in the Archie character. Possibly. I, I've seen some real growth in the Archie character. They're setting some interesting shit up for sure. Yeah, they are. And so as they start to separate, we linger on the crumpled up piece of paper in the wastebasket. And the second they did that, I'm like, yeah, she's taking that song. No, oh, God. She's taking that out of that well, wastebasket. Yes, basket. of course she was. We knew that was going to happen. We cut on over to the Pembroke. And <laughs> they're like, oh, hello. She's like, we have news. She's like, oh, don't tell me you're going to chaperone. Oh, well, we are. But it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so the news is that he's actually getting better. His core strength is back. It's building up. My grip is almost as what it was pre-diagnosis. We still don't know what he's diagnosed with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so while he's explaining how much better he's gotten, we see these inner cuts of him beating people up. It's a new regimen. This is a new regimen. <laughs> Brass um, knuckles on his hands. Fabulous. Which is a great which is a great callback to the fact that we saw him murder someone last season. Yeah. Which I love. He's got a taste for it now. Veronica is like, oh, if it's true, that's great. So she goes and calls the doctor because she I mean, wants confirmation. I mean, fair. Okay, but the thing is, we still don't know what's wrong with him, which leads me to believe one of my original theories from last season was he was being poisoned. Yep. Which I think is still true. Which also points to why Hermione takes such a very active interest in figuring out how this could have happened. Well, okay, but another thing, where's Hermosa? And there's no mention of her. <laughs> I mean... Like I, I want to, I want to posit the whole idea here that Hermosa may just never show up again. No, that's not possible. They can't do. They have to say something about her at some point. Maybe like where she's gone and what she's doing. That could be something where I understand the actress is no longer available to come back. Like even if there was a contract obligation, she may actually not be able to come back. Yeah, there's a there's because of the length of time that's sure. happened. I will grant that. And they may have to, just like we have to write her out, but they need to write a line of where she went. If, yeah. it's, just, if it's not in the story, we have to address it. Well, we should, but <laughs> again, don't trust the writers. The dropped thread. We cut on over to the FBI office and they're talking to Creepy David. Hey, quick question about the whole FBI setup here. Yeah. Something I didn't think about until now. Mm -hmm. They have a station in Riverdale? Like, the FBI usually has offices set up in, like, major cities, and then mm -hmm. they'll travel outside. Do they just happen to have a place in Riverdale, or did they take over a building? My understanding, because we asked this question when they showed up. Okay. And we're like, why, why is the FBI has an office? It's Charles. Charles is the only real FBI presence. He's there investigating the shit that's been going on. Yeah, I know. And, it just, like, and he has set up this office. Because it's funny to me, like... And and let's not forget the junior FBI program. <laughs> oh, my God. You yeah. know, parallel to Twin Peaks, but like in that show, Kyle MacLachlan's character sets up in the local police station, sure. which is normally what the FBI would do. They'd sure. post up at the police station or, or at the sheriff's office. next door, across the street, whatever's available. So I'm maybe they're they're at the sheriff's office with Cal. They're, they're with, not. <sighs> they're not. But the thing is, we don't actually know where this building is. Exactly. It bugs me. I need to see a map. Please? I, I don't think they're ever going to really tell us, but I'm just like, okay. this is weird. I, it's very weird and antithetical to how the Federal Bureau of Investigation actually conducts itself. Well, completely, but we do have, I mean, it's the suspension of disbelief. But also, also, is he really in the FBI? I think he has to be. Mm. 
And, well, because other FBI agents show up. That's true. And other law enforcement. So he does actually have to be with law enforcement. Yeah. He is, but... I don't trust him. No, he's duplicitous. Also, he's got a relationship with Chick. Oh, boy. Which we still haven't answered that problem. So boy, howdy. There's a whole... There's, he's very duplicitous, but he is with the... Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, they're dealing with that. And, like, he's creepy. And Jughead's talking about, like, he's doing something with these videos. He's profiting off of them i need to figure out how and why and charles asks hey where's your partner in crime oh she's following another lead we cut on over to the school office and betty is interrogating the school secretary i cannot remember her name right miss now. miss bell miss bell which here's the thing i don't know that she's interrogating miss bell i think miss bell is like full of anger and defensive and betty's just like yo i'm just i'm asking there's some weird stuff and i just trying to figure out some information miss bell (laughs) no but she's like i'm not accusing i'm asking if i made a videotape of you and your classmates murdering mr punny i mean fair and then all of a sudden things haven't changed much i see and in walks mr weatherby okay like you're back indeed in time for senior prom and graduation and betty's just shocked how are you and we flash back to the last time we saw him. And it's when he got his finger cut off by Edgar Evernever in the cult. <laughs> and then we cut back to present day. He says, I make it through most nights without waking up screaming. And then just smile. And Betty's just like, okay. <laughs> That's a lot of information. Okay. Oh, that gave me such a laugh. That, that was, was so good. That was that was fabulous. We go over to the El Royale. And Veronica is showboating Archie around with this gentleman, this commandant, because he's basically interviewing for the Naval Academy. Yeah. Um, That was something that came from the previous scene that they've got an interview for the Naval Academy. Of course. So that's what they're doing. And the commandant is like, okay, you know, you interviewed and then you kind of backed out. So I started looking at other candidates. So, you know, I'm interested in this other guy. He's a boxer. He's from Queens. And so Veronica's like, well, why don't we set up an exhibition match? Okay. Which, okay, this is <sighs> cheesy as fuck. But, all right. In terms of a crossover event, which the CW is all about, if you pay attention to any of the things the CW does, they have very successfully had many crossover events with all their superhero shows. They've been doing it for years and they do it very, very well. I don't watch any of those shows. Everybody loves them. They do it very well. This was part of their setup to continue their crossover between Katie Keene and Riverdale. Unfortunately, Katie Keene has since been canceled. Yeah. I mean, Veronica has already shown up on Katie Keene. Katie Keene takes place five years in the future. Josie was a character, was a permanent character on that show. So like this, this was to further that relationship between the two things. So this is kind of unfortunate, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Commandant says, yeah, it's K.O. Kelly. And Veronica's like, oh, my God, uh, K.O. Kelly. And they're like, yeah. She's like, that's the boyfriend of my BFF, Katie Keene, blah, 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 barf. (laughs) I mean, yeah. This is one of those, we had this storyline and it's the only way to drag the plot along. So we really can't get rid of it. Well, I mean, like, honestly, it makes sense. Like, it's part of his application to get into the Naval Academy. He is a boxer. Do an exhibition match. The other boxer being K.O. Kelly makes sense. They could have changed who the other boxer is, but it is what it is. Well, why is there an exhibition match? That makes no goddamn sense. No, to show off his boxing ability. Because the Naval Academy has a strong boxing history. Okay. 
Well, but, that, but that's not how any of this works. I know. But the thing is, Archie has to lose. Yeah. Well, the second part of this, though, is why in the hell can't they just take both of them? It's the Naval Academy. <laughs> well, there there are a limited number of spots. They can't take everybody. <laughs> It's not just the military. It is school. But boy, howdy, this premise felt real shaky. It, it is. <laughs> it, it is shaky. For I was just sure. like, what? But I'm I'm going to let it go because I don't care <laughs> too much. We cut on over to the blue and gold office and Betty and Jughead are talking. They're just not having any luck with David. He's not talking to anybody. And we just we need someone who can give us some dirt. And Jughead's like, I know somebody, but the only problem is he's tried to kill me. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's really a long list, Jughead. Take, take a number. Good grief. Like, seriously, I was just like, really? Like, that's a lot of people, Jug. <laughs> so, come on. We cut on over to a school hallway, a table, and it's time to sign up for prom person. As <laughs> I love, love that Kevin says here later. And it is my favorite TV filming game behind the real life pregnancy bump. Uh-huh. Um, so we have Cheryl and Tony are here, and we are very clearly trying to hide Vanessa Morgan's real life baby bump under a table. Under Works a table, pretty well. Under a table and behind her serpent leather jacket. I love it. It's adorable. Uh-huh. It's precious to me. Uh, Vanessa Morgan is glowing and gorgeous, but I, I, I love, I love that TV game. <laughs> hide the bump. It's, it's adorable. They are running to be co-prom queens. And this is Cheryl's dream. She's dreamed about it forever. And Tony just talks about it. She's like, you know, hey, it's important to you. It's important to me. But the thing that I'm really excited about is I want to be Serpent Queen. Cheryl assures her that she will be. And she's like, yeah, I know. I love the line, does Elizabeth want to be the Queen of England? It's <laughs> pretty good. So hey, Cheryl, Cheryl is the prom queen. So, uh, Not I mean, wants to be. <laughs> Well, well, okay. So Kevin comes up and he's like, is this where I sign up to run for prom person? And Cheryl's like, oh no, Kevin, but I don't think you want to do that. And Kevin's like, no, I don't actually, but Fangs has always wanted to be prom king, so, which is precious. Yeah, <laughs> I love Kevin and Fangs are going to prom together. And I just love that Kevin's like, no, I really don't care about any of this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing it for my dude. Like, sweet. Precious, love it. I also want to say, Tony is kind of adorable being, I'm the muscle while Cheryl looks at you right now. <laughs> just yeah. that, I'm going to stand in the background and crack my knuckles. Yeah. Like, just just walk away, Kev. Just, <laughs> it's best for everyone if you just walk away, Kev. Like, you know this to be true. This is not good. Right. And then Cheryl says the most Cheryl thing. I hate to rain on Fang's parade, but Tony and I are campaigning to be co-queens, and it has been my destiny since birth. I've spent my entire life fantasizing about being prom queen, barf. And part of that is I exist in a world where everyone wants me to be prom queen and certainly not themselves. Make sense? And Kevin just goes, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> walks away. And Cheryl just says, I knew you'd understand. Riverdale. <laughs> Cheryl's a bitch. I don't want her to be rehabilitated. But this is the type of bitch that I can get on board with. This is season one, Cheryl. This, this is, is classic one. Cheryl. It's like, I want to create chaos and everything's about me. This is funny to me. <laughs> this is funny, self-obsessed Cheryl. Where, with, that, with that touch of, you are my friend. <laughs> like, But this is about me right I, now. I love you. But like, this is mine. You can't have it. And, no, I, like, no, no. and I like the Kevin part 
I roll part I'm terrified of you at the same time walking away. <laughs> well, it's just like, this is not worth the fight. It's no. Not, this isn't worth it. This is, just, this is not worth it. I'm just going to look at Fangs and be like, but no, you. <laughs> it was sign up for prom person or fight Cheryl. And even Fangs would be like, yeah, no, <laughs> nope, not happening. Not happening. Oh, bye. So we head on over to Pops and uh, Veronica is just being kind of obnoxious. She's talking about booking the presidential suite at the five season for après prom rendezvous. I mean, gross. <laughs> uh, with Archie. And then KO comes in and it's just super awkward. Two beefy dudes being two, beefy. Two beefy dudes being beefy. And basically KO is going to be staying at Archie's house, but they're going to be showing him around town while he's there. And it's just weird. And KO, as as beefy as Archie is, he's also very lean, especially compared to KO Kelly. Well, the thing is, KO is just so much. He's probably got about a foot on him. He's a brick wall. Yeah, he is. I mean, <laughs> his nickname is KO. Yep. And like... He's not a bad looking dude. No. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it to uh, KJ App. He's well, more yes. attractive. But he's a good looking dude. So then we cut over to, and he, and I was not expecting this in this episode. I've seen it in, the, we saw it in the trailer for the season, but I was not expecting us to see Brett Weston Wallace in this episode. It works though. It totally works. We're at Shankshaw Prison and it's Brett. And they're there to ask him about who he sold his snuff films to, his sex tapes. Yes. And Brett's trying to be a little cagey about it and just like, no, why should I help you? Fair, fair. Totally fair. It's like, you're the reason I'm in here. And Jughead just like, well, see, I have a friend in there with you. His name is War Baby. And Brett's face instantly goes, (laughs) I know that name, which I had completely forgotten about War Baby. Uh Totally forgotten about War Baby. We heard about War Baby when FP was in prison, when he was prisoner 24641. Chill, War Baby. Yeah. And like, you know what he hates more than anyone? Preppies. And that even makes Brett go, oh, fuck. I'm a preppy. That's me. Hangs his head down. <clears throat> hey, um, what, what's the investigation? <laughs> He's very willing to help before. Because remember how uh, Jug and FP beat the shit out of him? Uh-huh. Oh, that was so satisfying. It was so satisfying. I like that his smug face is completely intact now, though. Well, you know, wasn't irreparable. So basically we find out that he he likes to host screenings and he really does like the snuff films and that you have to get on a list to go to these screenings, basically. And so in order to do that, you have to bring him a tape. You, you got to pay to play, basically. Prove to me that you are as dark and twisted as I am. Yeah, pretty much. Yuck. Yeah. Gross. This is, this is icky. So we head back to the El Royale and Sheriff Keller, I'm, I'm always going to call him Sheriff Keller. He's just <laughs> Sheriff Keller. And he's taking a look at KO and he's like, okay, he's got at least 50 pounds on you. <laughs> They're both terrified. And Archie's like, okay, what do I do? And Tom's like, um, I think your best bet is psychological warfare, <laughs> which, you know. It's the, the Rocky versus Clubber Lang thing. Yeah, it's like, I gotta get, you're gonna have to get into his head. And so, you know, they both work out in the gym for a little bit, and Archie goes up to KO, and it's like, okay, I promised Ronnie no betting on our actual match, but how about a little side bet? And Archie's like, okay, I bet, pound for pound, I'm stronger than you. So, they start going through, we get a little montage. Himbo montage. It's a bro-off. It's a bro-off. Oh, man. They do pull-ups, they do push-ups, they do sit-ups. 
Archie's got that raw Archie strength. He's he's got endurance. That's what he's got. He's got staying power. Then then we see them in the steam room, and Ko's like, "When it comes to brute power, we'll see who's the stronger one—the heavyweight heartbreaker or the Red Hope." <laughs> Which is very cute. <laughs> the Red Hope. It's cute. It's cute. And Archie's just like, "Okay, it's fine." But tonight, Ronnie wants us to show you a good time, so we're gonna go to her speakeasy. And Ko's like, "Her what?" <laughs> literally everyone's response to her speakeasy because what the fuck huh we head back over to the blue and gold and betty and jag are are talking she's like i know this is riddle but where did we get a snuff film (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty ironic considering what we see later true uh she's like those are urban legends i thought and jughead has a great line not according to nicholas cage movies oh my god i mean we can make one and so they start talking about making one like okay we just we can borrow equipment from the AV club and like, oh yeah, and Jellybean has that fake blood from Halloween. You know, we just need a brute and a scream queen. Cut to. Cut to Cheryl's house. We're over at Thistlewood or Thistle House. Is it Thistle House? Thistle House. Thistle House. Asking Cheryl. Cheryl's like, no, <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> but Cheryl, what about that video they made of murdering your brother? Yes, I want to catch them. I'll do it, but I need a wig so I won't be recognized. (laughs) So we cut to, they're in the crypt of Thistle House and Cheryl is in a dark brown curly wig and Reggie shows up in a goon mask and it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's played for fun. So it is played for fun. So I'm here for it. These are consenting children. So we got up to the speakeasy and Veronica sings Archie's song. Oh, this is awkward. This is awkward. This is hard. Archie gets visibly mad. Betty is uncomfortable as hell. We get the flashback to them kissing. And like we get the flashback to not only them kissing, but that him singing the song to Betty in the bunker. It's awkward. We see KO's face being like, oh, this is so sweet. We see Jughead being like, whatever. Cool song. This is what they do. Like, because Jughead knows nothing. And it's just like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. (laughs) Yeah, and so Archie's very visibly angry. And this is where I'm feeling like KJ's acting has gotten much better. See, I didn't read angry. I read... Well, it's it's anger, but there's also the... This is the... To me, this is the moment where he's like, I don't love you anymore. See, on my face, I see shame. I see... Sad. I don't see angry. There, no, it's anger. There, there's anger there, but there's there is sadness. But I don't see shame because he's not ashamed of the fact that he of love. He's he's ashamed about what happened. But I think it's it's mostly he's not in love with Ronnie anymore. It's like I don't love you. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. He does mm-hmm. not love her anymore. Not in a, like I don't care about you and I don't like like I, you're shit to me. Not in a hateful way, but it's just like. I am not in love with you. They're not endgame anymore. Endgame, exactly. That's it. It's like, I'm not in love with you. I love Betty in a way that I will never be able to love you. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. And that that it's so it's anger at the situation and also and sadness, because that is sad. And also he like he told her, he threw it in the trash and she went behind his back and took it. Like he's allowed to be mad about that. Yeah, so they're leaving, and Archie's definitely, like, detached from her. And so, like, 
she tells him, good night, you know, brood boys. And he starts to go. She's like, hey, I love you. And he's like, yeah, I love you too. Like, it's definitely <laughs> awkward. <laughs> this, is, this is some good KJ acting. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. We cut back over to Thistle House, and we're hiding the baby bump. Uh-huh. Hiding the baby bump in Cheryl's room. Under the covers. Yeah. Tony's in bed, and Cheryl comes in, and says, I want us to host a pre-prom dinner. And Tony's like, sure. Should I get all the, the gang? And Cheryl says, no, I want to do our parents. Mm-hmm. And Tony's like, um, even though I'm out to my grandparents, and I'm their favorite grandchild, I don't think they could handle some big gay prom dinner. Which, you know, okay. Okay. That's a lot. Honest. That's honest. And then Cheryl says, well, what happens when I meet them at graduation? Do I just pretend like I'm not your girlfriend? And Tony says, honestly, that's probably a good idea. You can't be serious. I know it's crazy and backwards, but that's my reality, babe. Oh, boy. So the part of me that really doesn't love this because I I hate that. I, I just want happy out queer characters on tv i would like that but it would be irresponsible to have queer characters without having at least one of them having some sort of experience well and so okay and i know i know what we're we're gonna we're gonna get a little twist because it's not what we expect no which i which i do also appreciate yeah it's not what we think um but here's the other part about this that i also think is interesting They've been together for quite some time. Yeah. And this is the first time that Cheryl's asking to meet Tony's parents. So this is another thing to me that is pointing to how self-centered Cheryl has been. Tony lives with Cheryl. They live together. Yeah. So it has not come up until now because Cheryl hasn't given a shit. Yeah. Has not asked the question because it's always been about Cheryl and Cheryl's drama. And Tony, whenever Tony has tried to pull away from Cheryl, it becomes about Cheryl's drama. So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we're going we're to find out some other stuff later, but this to me is like, yeah, this sucks, but there's some other shit going on here. It's very complicated. It's much more complicated, and I do appreciate that it's not going to be, we don't want to meet your girlfriend because you're gay. We don't meet your girlfriend because she's the devil. She's related to, <laughs> she, well, which is true. She's related to the devil's family, which also fair. We cut on over to Archie's house and KO and him are going to sleep. And Kale asks him about why he was seeking out the Naval Academy. And, you know, Archie just lays it out. My friends were applying to college and I missed the boat on that. So I got a second chance with the Commandant. The story we all know. Yeah, like, which I appreciate. Like, we don't need a recap of that. But Kale actually doesn't know. Yeah, of course. And Archie says, I thought it was a really good place for me to start over completely. And Kale's like, oh, well, not completely. Because you and Ronnie are in it to win it, Katie says. <laughs> and Archie, you can just tell, is getting really uncomfortable. And he says, I don't know. Sometimes I worry that I'm holding her back. And Kale's like, you know, I feel you. But that's for the ladies to decide, not lugs like us. We looked out. Yeah. Good night, bro. Yeah. Himbo pillow talk. Himbo it's pillow a, talk. It's adorable. It's the best. But yeah, and you know, he makes this comment about, you know, she's like, y'all are in it to win it. And Archie just looks crestfallen because he knows he's like, we're not. Like, yeah. I, I like, which there's a part of me that him and Ronnie had already decided that things that they were just going to see the ear out and then do whatever they needed to do before she found out about them. But now it's like, no, it's definitely ending. It's ending because it 
it's wrong for us to be together. Yeah, yeah. He just looks so sad. Mm. We come over to the blue and gold, and Kevin's walking in to Betty and Jughead, and like, hey, we need your help. We need help delivering our snuff film, and I can't go there because I'll be recognized. And Kevin's like, you had me at snuff film. <laughs> and Betty says, well, we need to go by my house to get a backup just in case. Okay, right, whatever. So then we go to a, well, not really a new place, but Tony is talking to her Nana. So we're at Tony's grandparents' house, and her Nana is grouchy. It's like, your girlfriend already came by. Antoinette. Antoinette. Love it when they call her Antoinette. <laughs> and she's like, what? Why didn't you tell me she was a blossom? Uh-oh. So we found, okay, they don't really have a problem with her being gay. No. They have a problem with her dating a blossom because that family took everything from their ancestors, mm-hmm. which has already been established in the in in the show. Yes. And it's like, you can't date her. You can't date a blossom. So you have to decide. That's it. Like, that's just bottom line. Twist. Twist. Okay. <laughs> so like we were, we were getting, we were like, okay, all right. You know, we're, we're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to deal with like, you hate her. You don't want her to be gay. Great. All right. Oh. Oh, it's not that. It's a different. Okay. You go ahead and hate the Blossoms. They're the worst. That's fair. That's fair. They're the literal worst. I'm here for this. So now we go over to the Blue Velvet and it's Betty and Kevin and they're talking to Dave and he's like, you two look familiar. (laughs) And of course we know why Betty's familiar, but we're going to find out later why Kevin would be familiar. (laughs) <laughs> and betty of course from ponytail playmate oh boy and they're like okay hey you know we got this we were at a party and we got this tape of the girl being killed it's supposed to be real and they're like a snuff film let me check it out and so he watches it and he's like y'all have been conned or you're trying to con me and betty's like oh well, we we were worried but here's another one but i know to be true and so he puts it in and it's the tape of harold as a child being talked to to his mother it's how it's how the black hood oh the, boy and david is freaking out and he's like oh my god who is that that's the black hood what is this the birth of a serial killer that's my father <gasps> i have i want to do this for a screening and she's like okay so long as we're on the list and he's like okay what? At a film festival slash rave. A film festival slash rave. Which, <laughs> sure. in 2021, neither of those things really exist. Yeah. Film festivals do, but not at the moment. No, this is just, wow. Also, I do love their reaction when he's like, do I recognize you? Nope, mm-mm, never. Never no. been in here before. Nope. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So now we're going to have Archie and the KO fight. And Betty and Jughead going to the screening happening at the same time. God, they love a cut. They love to go back and forth. But you know what? I appreciate it because I don't want to have 10 minutes of fight and then 10 minutes of the screening shit. It makes sense. And they are paralleled, suspenseful things happening. It works. Yep. They, it's just they do it every episode. They do it a lot. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Okay. So Archie and Kale are fighting. Betty's going to the screening. Mary is at the fight there with her girlfriend, Doris. Yay! Yay for them. Betty, once she gets in there, she lets Jughead in through the back door because obviously he can't go in there without. I love the reaction when she tells him the stuff David told him. And he's like, awesome. He's like, awesome. Great. <laughs> They're both just like, ew. Like, this place is gross. <laughs> like, like, you can see it on their face. This is so beyond fucked up. Uh-huh. Okay. 
So they're looking, they're going to look for the auteur's phone. Yeah. Like they, and so as they're walking around, they see people with masks on. There's one room that obviously there's some softcore porn that's about to be shown. There's another room where it's a video of some guy tied to a tree that they're beating up. And there's another room where there's a tickling video being ah. shown. So that's why Kevin looks familiar. And the softcore porn is definitely in a room yeah. at the prep school. Yeah, it does. It looks like a Brett film. Oh, it is. Um, Definitely. And the tickling video is not, does not have Kevin in it, but it is a tickling video. Oh, it's the boys getting tickled. Yeah, yeah, it's the boys getting tickled. So they finally get to the room where the auteur's videos are being shown. And Jughead starts getting aggressive with asking the people in the room, hey, what's going on? Are you the director? Are you the director? And then they all just push him whenever that he gets close to them. They just push him. And finally... Jughead takes one of their masks off and then another guy comes up to Betty and goes, oh, it's Ponytail Playmate. Can I get an autograph? You're even hotter in person. And Jughead punches him. Ah. And so a fight kind of starts and Betty takes him out of that room. I think that was planned. Some of the people in that room were def- are definitely in the auteurs videos. And so they knew if Betty and Jughead or any of the core six show up in person here, this is the plan. You push them. That like you like that's that's the plan. Like they knew they know how to react to them, and it's most likely going to be Betty and Jughead because they're a little Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boy. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. That was planned. Because the other suspicious thing is, as they're leaving the room, they're still fighting, yeah. and they've all got smiles like they're doing a mosh pit. Yeah, well, they are fighting, and as soon as they leave the hallway, that's when the rave dance fighting happens. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so that was like a kickoff to something else. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she takes them out. And then once they get into the hallway, we see the owl mask dude with the camera. They're like, oh, my God, it's him. It's him. And that's the when the rave in the hallway happens. And as they're trying to get to him, that's when they run into Jellybean. Jellybean was a plant. Jellybean was their getting the auteur out card. Because they knew if they show up, we need to have Jellybean to distract them so we can get away. Because <sighs> if they see Jellybean... He's going to, they're going to get distracted because we don't know any, we may not know any of the other kids involved, but we do know Jellybean. If any of them see her, they're going to stop. I just, I want to believe that Jellybean is somehow not aware of what actually is going on here. I still really get that vibe from that character. Here's the thing. We've had nothing with the character. Nothing. Nothing. I know, but that's precisely why I think it's nothing. I don't. I think they've set her up just as a complete red herring. She could be, but I think it's more interesting for her to be pulled into this cult, this this group. Oh god. And and future spoiler crap that helps solidify my theory, which I'll talk about later. Ooh, okie dokie. Mm. Yes. So they find Jellybean, Jughead's like, I'm gonna stay with Jellybean, you go go after him. And so then Jellybean's like, am I in trouble? And he's like, no, but come on. Like, how'd you get here? My friends heard about a party. Yeah. There you go. So then we come back to the fight and KO wins the fight. Yes. Split decision. Split decision. KO won the fight. So then after the fight, the commandant comes up to Archie and is just like, you know, why don't we stay in touch and come fall? When you reapply to the academy, we'll see if we can make it happen. And Archie's like, no, thanks. I'm good. Mary's like, don't be disrespectful. And. The commandant's like, your blood's still boiling. I understand, son. I'm not your son. And I'm not playing again. He runs off. Damn. Like, he's he's pissed. Like, he, which is totally fair. And I also appreciate the commandant knows, like, it's cool. Like, I get it. 
Like, he just got done fighting a dude. To, like he like I appreciated the comment. I was just like, it's fine. His like, ego is bruised. Like, he's down. I get it. So we cut on over to Thistle House. Confrontation. Cheryl, what the hell did you do? <laughs> what the hell indeed? I thought you didn't want me to meet your Nana because I'm a lesbian, but surprise, it's me and my family. She hates with a fiery vengeance. <laughs> That's great. I mean, that, that is, I mean, that is great. It is cool. But here's the thing. I mean, I do love that then Tony turns around. She's like, you know, you need to admit that your ancestors were horrible to mine. I mean, Tony throws that right back at her. Like, you have never, Cheryl, admitted that your family is garbage. You don't. You won't. Like, you can love them to death and be like, they're so important to me. And that Jason died tragically because of my family. And that I loved him. Because she did. She truly did. But your family's garbage. You can love them with all your heart and be like, they're horrible people and I cannot be around them. I need to separate from them. Like, you you, you have to. Like, this later, which is family's most important thing, is just like... <laughs> Family is your problem. <laughs> yes, your, very your much so. Family is your problem. Like, oh, very much. Like so. you need to separate from your family because they are your undoing. They go back and forth a little bit, and she's like, "You know, my nana's begging me not to go to prom with you." She said it would dishonor my family. And Cheryl just is just like, "Well, I'm truly sorry I went to see your nana, but I hope you're still going to prom together. And I hope that when I'm posing for pictures in my amazing dress, that you'll be there." With me looking equally undeniable. Like, so it's all about Cheryl. It just is. It always comes back to just being all about her. Like, oh, I'm sorry I, ma I made you feel bad. But, like, I have to take pictures and I'm going to look so gorgeous. So I hope that you're going to look gorgeous with me. Like, I know you'll be gorgeous, but you should just be with me. Yeah, that's Cheryl. That's Cheryl. And that's horrible. Yes. I Like, I just literally wrote my notes. Just poor Tony. <laughs> just poor Tony. Because... This is garbage. We're the garbage person. We come over to Pops and Jug and Betty are talking to Jellybean. Like, you know, how did you even know where to go? My friend Lauren from soccer, her older brother heard about a rave. From who? I don't know. Some email list. Like, Jug, I swear I've never been to a rave before. It's just like, okay. And it's like, okay, promise me you won't go to any more X-rated raves from now, especially if I get into the University of Iowa. She's like, okay, I promise. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, you are a liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. She's definitely lying. I just don't. I, that would be my thing. Who is she covering for and why? That's the thing we don't know. Again, we know nothing about the only times we have seen Jellybean is in that fucking house. This I just is the don't. the first time we've seen her out of the house. I just don't know that Jellybean is like this mastermind cult operator because I'm bored of that story. I would much rather her be kind of conned into being a part of this thing that somebody else is tangentially connected to this cult. That, to me, reads better. She got pulled in with kind of a wrong crowd, but now it's got it goes way deeper than she knows. That makes more sense to me. It just does. Because I'm also real fucking tired of cults from this goddamn show. Yeah, but the, but the cult never really got finished. Like, oh. let's be clear. The cult never really got finished. Oh, my God. That's why I'm kind of okay with it, but only if it's a means to finish out the cult. If it's if it's a means to an end, then I'm fine with it. Like, then then I can get on board with it. We cut back over to the locker room at the El Royale, and it's Veronica coming to console Archie. And she's like, okay, do you just want to blow off prom? And Archie's just like, you know, it's our last dance with our friends. We need to go. Nope. Should have said no, my dude. 
Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. He's not in a good place. And he needs to just have some time for himself. Yeah, it's just bad. So then we cut on over to Thistle House and Cheryl's in her prom dress. She does look gorgeous. Nana wants to take her picture because she thinks you look look like an angel. (laughs) What if you're smoking, Nana? And Tony shows up. So it wasn't, it was never made clear that Tony was going to show up. Correct. Which, okay. And Tony came, was there ever any doubt? And so they take a picture and they look very cute together. And that's lovely. <laughs> and then we cut on over to the Pembroke and Hiram is talking to Archie and just like, you look really handsome. And they're like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, about the Naval Academy. Um, but, you know, hey, I'm going to need a deputy mayor for community outreach, which I'm just like, don't you ever work for Hiram? Which I, I just know Archie's smart enough. You don't ever work for Hiram. God, no. No, that's the stupidest line of whatever. Oh, man. So then Veronica comes out and they take pictures and Mary's like, end game on three, two, one. <laughs> You're just like, ew, <laughs> cringe, gross. Smile no! and say end game. Oh, <laughs> I just wrote barf, barf. At least that's the funniest way you can pull that in, though. Like well, now they're making a joke out oh, of it, they which are. is they great. They absolutely are. They have talked about how everyone cringes anytime we say Endgame now. Then we go back to the Not Cooper house and Jug's got a jug and FP's like, damn boy, you are handsome. <laughs> to which Alice like, my father likes son. Oh, God. And, you know, Betty Cooper, you take my breath away. It's very sweet. It's very, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. It's very All cute. of this is cute. It's very cute. And then we go to prom and we get kiss me. Oh, my God. <laughs> they Okay, they went. Full in on the 90s music, and I love it. So they're playing Six Pence and the Richards Kiss Me. Reggie spikes the punch with Fizzle Rocks. They play the theme song from Party of Five. Closer to Free, which is great. Kevin toasts to the group, hey, we made it through this town, blah, blah, blah. And then they play The World I Know, (laughs) which is, oh, God. And Veronica and Archie are talking. And she's like, okay, I'm going to defer college because I don't want to be out of step with you. I don't want to be out of sync. And Archie cannot hold it in. He goes, that song you sang, that I wrote that for Betty. And she's like, He would not have said anything unless she finally dropped this on him. Like, he's realized he's done. But her giving up something, her altering her future for him, no, he's not going to let her do that. Not without... Telling the truth Correct. about this. He's not going to let her do that. Revealing it and saying, like, I don't know how to handle this, but I no. no. You do not get to make this decision without knowing what happened. No. Here. He was fine. He was just going to go through the motions. But her deferring college for him, no. he That's too far. Which is very honorable. I really appreciate that he just told her the truth. Yeah. Like, I was fine with them not telling I, 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 yeah, I, I absolutely was too. I was fine because they both agreed that it didn't mean anything more than we love each other, but we are not in love with each other. They thought they might be in love with each other, but they didn't know. True. I think, I think Archie is in fact in love with Betty. Probably. I think he's fine with like, okay, well, nothing's going to happen between us. Yeah. So I, and also Veronica's leaving. The path of hurting the fewest people was seeing through this year and not saying anything. And then... I'm fine with that. But then Veronica's got a Veronica. Yep. I gotta say, Camilla is so good. She's ve- They're both very good. Just heartbroken. Uh, she's like, I don't understand. We kissed once during Hedwig. 
that's it. And we didn't want to hurt you and Jughead. And then right as this is happening, they announce the prom queens. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. It's <laughs> Cheryl and Tony. And then they invite Betty and Veronica and Jughead and Archie to dance with the, the court. So And Varchie looking at each other before that like, is so good. Like, they're just like, we have to do it. Like, we can't not. And, you know, Betty and Jughead are just, like, adorable and they're kissing. And then Veronica is just dead in the face. Uh-huh. And this, like, this is the most awkward fucking thing in the world. Oh, boy. And they're playing Fade Into You. By Mazzy Star. Oh, man. Man. So the, 90s. Yeah, the feels. <laughs> and then everything kind of... And Psycho Killer starts playing, which is a great song. Oh, my God. I fucking love that song. <laughs> Worth the money to get those rights. Ah, oh, talking heads. And a video starts playing up. And it's the little... like The, the kids doing... A uh, murder. Because we saw the owl guy holding a camera. So it's yeah. clearly that tape. Yeah, it's clearly that tape. And one of the things that we see is we see the rave, the, the fighting rave from that place where they had the, the auteur thing, the yep. screening. And then we see the owl guy with a sign on it that says David in a chair and all the kids in prom outfits stabby, pretend to stabby stabby him. Uh-huh. And that gets played. And so then, you know, Jughead finds the laptop that it's being played on. And he throws it down and Betty flips the switch, turn it all off. But while that's happening, all these kids are just rave dancing. They, they bust through the line. Yeah. And then as soon as the lights turn on, they stop. And it's just like, what? What was that? It's the Fizzle Rocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the Fizzle Rocks. So, yeah, something, something's weird. Parents are horrified by this. And Betty and Jughead just run off to solve this mystery. And Archie and Veronica are just like, what the fuck? We also get the line of himbos with K.O. Kelly, who I appreciate that he's just like there, but it's like, why is K.O. Kelly at the prom? Because he's in town. What? He's in town. I think he can dance. I don't know if if he's allowed to be there. Whatever. So then we go, we cut to a hallway in the school and Cheryl's talking to her. She's like, you know, we didn't get to finish our ceremonial dance, but we did win our crowns. He's like, come on, TT, our carriage is waiting to whisk us to Thistle House. And Tony is just not looking good. She's like, you know, I can't go home with you because of your Nana. Like, I thought you picked me. And Tony says, for tonight I did. She said, if I didn't get home by midnight, I can never speak to me again. I hope you can understand. And Cheryl starts looking really upset. She's like, of course, Tony, family is the most important thing. Go and be with your Nana. And thank you for tonight. Despite those moments of horror, I will treasure these memories. And they, you know, they say, I'm sure we'll be able to work it out. She just needs time. Well, I don't know about that. I will give Cheryl credit here, where she's just like, I get it. You need your family. But at the same time, I like, fuck you, Cheryl. (laughs) Like, this isn't, you've never given a shit until now. And you guys have been together for a long ass time. Like, you never gave a shit until now. And for Tony, I mean, like, some of it, I feel like, is kind of, I feel like this is a ripcord so that we have more time with Tony and her family. Possibly. But if we get more time with Tony, just Tony, I'll take it. I have a feeling they're going to pull apart. Like, that's just going to happen. I'm fine with them being friends in the future, but I don't want them together in the future. They're not good for each other. (laughs) No, they're toxic as fuck. Yeah. It's really bad. Cheryl is awful, but I keep saying... I said in my prediction, I would really love Cheryl to not be using a Blossom name in the future. Like, I don't care if she's married or not, but I would love her to be like, Cheryl Blue. <laughs> Cheryl Blue. And if you want to rehabilitate Cheryl, 
she comes back and she is just the agent of chaos. Yeah. We've wiped the slate clean. Now she is just back to Cheryl, agent of chaos, but occasional ally. <laughs> like, that's it. Meh. So we cut on over to the music room and it's Veronica and Archie. And she's like, I don't want to finish this conversation, but we have to. Ooh. And she's like, did Betty tell Jughead about what happened? No, we both swore we wouldn't. Mm-mm. Yep. And Veronica's just like, well, let's keep it that way. No need to blow them up, too. Indeed. Which I also appreciate. That's really um, a lot of girls would not do that. Well, well, boys, too. A lot of people would not do that. Like, you kiss my boyfriend? I'm going to tell your boyfriend. Like, a lot of people would not see it that way. That's very mature. Well, especially her her line, our last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. She's like, our last two weeks of high school are going to be fraught. And I don't want them overshadowed by this. Especially, like, we just saw a murder video. Clearly, we're about to be pulled into one wild-ass mystery. Yeah. We don't need to add to the collateral damage. So after graduation, we go our separate ways, Archie. No big drama, no fireworks. I'll go to Barnard, and you do whatever feels right for you. I like it. I really do. I know. I mean, the thing is, that was the plan anyways. It's It really was, but now it's finite, and now it's sad. Yeah. It's it's a sad plan instead of, this is our hopeful plan that will come back in the future and be together, and now it's like, no, we're done. Yeah. Which I get. I get that's why it's a somber thing, but like, yeah, okay. It honestly feels healthy. It feels like a healthy way to acknowledge it's done. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> and I kind of love that for oh, them. thank God. Ooh. You two need to be done. Y'all needed to be done a while ago. I mean, not that it's not going to cause a lot of residual damage, specifically to one red-haired dude, but... Dude needs to go to therapy anyways. I know. <laughs> He's had a lot happening. But... <laughs> But this is this is really sweet. Like I really loved this and this resolution. Yeah. They could have gone way too over dramatic with it, and instead they kept it very simple. Yeah, it works. I'm proud of you, writers. Yeah, this was good. Betty and Jughead go over to Blue Velvet. They go into the back room and they see the owl mask in a chair. And there's a video camera that says "Smile, God's watching." And Jughead's just like, "Why do all of our dances turn into a Jamie Lee Curtis movie?" <laughs> We cut back to the Pembroke and Veronica's crying on the couch and her mom comes out and she tells her what happened and Hiram overhears and he is grouchy. Oh, he's going to fight. He's going to fight. Hiram, leave the boy alone. Fucking don't. Uh, he, he told him, though, if you ever break my daughter's heart, I will come for you. <sighs> punch him. Just punch him, Archie. Like, it's not worth it. Go back to Thistle House and Cheryl is crying in her Nana's lap. Just like, once again, I'm a victim of this family's curse. I can no longer outrun my fate. I'm a blossom destined to be alone. It's like, you know, you're a victim of you more than anything else. Yeah, I know. Like, you're your own worst enemy. Cheryl's biggest problem is she's not willing to admit that her family sucks. Like, she'll say, Mom, you're a shrew, but then she stands by her mom. And like, I get I can make fun of my family, but no one else can make fun of my family. Like, I get that. But when your family is villainous... You don't stand by them. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> just, just no. Just but I, fucking no. But I do love Nana just trying to be sweet. She's, like, Nana Rose being sweet is kind of wonderful. It is. She is. She's a little bit nuts, but she's just sweet. She loves Cheryl. Yeah. And Cheryl's always taking care of her. 
So we go back to the FBI office and they're talking to Charles and they've got an APB out on David and like he's behind the videos and he's fleeing. He's not going to go far. I'm like, okay, so, but what if they actually killed him? It's like, okay, well, then the video showing up prom was an actual snuff film. You know, and they're like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And it's like, okay, we just got to wait for the next video. And while they're talking, we cut to Archie and he's at the front door and he kicks his foot and there's a tape there. And his face. It's like, what now? It's partially that, but partially there's a wild eyed there of like, I can't handle any more like, shit I'm right now. I'm at my now. wits fucking end. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm just fucking done. And now there's a videotape like, at my door. like, why is there a fucking videotape at my door? Okay, great. And so he goes in, he pushes it, and it's the tape that I predicted. <laughs> it's the tape that I predicted last season. It is the Black Hood holding up Archie. And then as he's watching it, we flash back to the actual footage of the Black Hood holding up Archie. Riverdale. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good episode. Pretty good episode. I'm proud with how we dealt with some of the relationship stuff here. It's a lot better than we've ever really had on this show. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that Archie's the one that told Veronica. It'll be interesting to see how Jughead finds out because I'm still, I really hope what happens is that Archie tells Betty, you know, Veronica knows. I ended up telling her at the prom. So she knows and she agreed not to tell Jughead, but you know how things, like it might be in your best interest to tell Jughead. Or just, you need to know that somebody else knows outside of (laughs) us. It's like now, it's like now, now there's three people that know. And so do with that information what you want. Yeah. But I, that scene, like, that's breakup sex. That is breakup sex. (laughs) That's breakup sex. It just is. It just is. It is. You just know it. I mean, the other thing is, I could see her not telling him until they figure out this preppy murder shit. I mean. Or the auteur, rather. I feel like she's, she would withhold that from him because they need to solve the murder. Well. I don't know. We saw last season Jughead starting to not be able to when you think you know everything it blinds you to the truth yeah that jughead is little jaded and then that's a problem and i think that that could be happening again so we'll see i don't know but we have a preview to go watch yeah so if you are new to our show one of the things we like to do is when we're done watching the episode what we do is like to get a little break And we go rewatch the trailer for next time on. And then we come back, we talk about the next time on any new theories or new information we've gotten for future episodes. That way you can kind of avoid future spoilery information. So if you are done, if you don't want to hear us talk about the next time on, you can bow out now. But of course, you can find us on the Twitters at the underscore doghouse pod. Or you can also find our main feed, Macintosh and Mod, which is the network that we're on. You can also find me personally at Modcaster, M-A-U-D-C-A-S-T-E-R. Or you can find David at Big Macinpod, B-I-G-M-A-C-I-N-P-O-D. All right. Let's go watch that trailer. So it's chapter 78, The Preppy Murders. Archie done lost it. Archie's having a bad day. I mean, I would love if this all happens in one day. That That would be an awesome episode. That would be awesome. But like, yeah, Archie's clearly having a bad time. Just that one line. Is something wrong, Archie? 
are you kidding? What isn't wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very uh yeah, the shit hath hit the fan. Actually, that's what's that's what's going to come out is he he probably won't even tell Betty that he told Veronica. It's just that we broke up. And that's what's going to trigger something with Betty. Yeah. To be like I can't not say something. Yeah. So But wow, it's going not good. Hiram's going after him because of course he is. Yeah, well, and then what makes it worse? So here's the synopsis for 78. Betty and Jughead's investigation into the auteur takes a twisted turn after receiving a call from Brett. Archie is forced to make an impossible decision when the person responsible for his father's death needs his help. So he's got all this shit going on. And then Uh he's got to deal with his dad's death again. Yep. And I bet you it's they need a statement for parole. It might be it might be something else. That's that's the most logical thing. Cause well, because the weird part is he's fighting somebody in his room. No, he's talking to someone in his room. He's oh, I not, thought I thought I saw a punch in a, his room. He's got a punching bag in his room. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's got the punching bag in his room, and then he's talking to somebody, and it could be a ghost. It could be I I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tom Keller coming to see him because he's like being crazy. Oh, he smashes his television in front of his mother. Yeah. Which, you know. It's not good. It's not it's not great, bud. Not great. <sighs> okay, but like semi-spoilery for episode three graduation. Uh-oh. Now, the reason I say this is spoilery is this connects to my jelly bean theory with her being involved in that we know this is Skeet Ulrich's last episode with the series. Okay. Planned. He ha- The door's open for him to return whenever they need or want. He's going to guest star, I'm sure, but he's not going to be Possibly. a series regular. No, and he's under no obligation FP to return. can't go away forever. Well, they're not killing his character. Exactly. Well, the synopsis has now come out for graduation at 79. With graduation day around the corner, the gang consider their next steps beyond Riverdale High. Archie learns whether he will be able to graduate with his classmates. FP makes a difficult decision about his and Jellybean's future. Oh, boy. That's what makes me that much more sure that she's involved. Because he's got to leave. Yeah. So her being involved would cause him to say, we have to go. We're going to go find your mother and we're going. That's where we're going. So we are probably solving the preppy murders next episode. We're going to solve something. Yeah. And we probably won't solve Chick though, or the Chick and Charles aspect of it. That would be too much. Well, and there may not be murders. We're going to solve whoever the fuck is making these videos. Sure. But here's the other thing is that what happens with Alice? Does he just break up with Alice or does Alice go with them? Ooh. That's the other wrinkle that I can't decide. I can't decide if FP and Alice are over because they have to leave. I don't know. Because FP's taken Jellybean away. Yeah. Because and, and that would make the most sense. Why would FP leave when he's got it so good there with his with his serpent chick and his daughter? Oh, his daughter's fucking crazy? We gotta get her out of this town. <laughs> They're gonna go find mom. Yeah. 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 That that helped when I saw that, I saw that earlier today. It just dropped. And I was like, yeah, that makes me feel better about my theory that Jelly Bean's involved. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We shall wait and see. But, you know, tonight it's Archie has a horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. It's just going to be grouchy Archie time. Well, and knowing Archie, that could end really, really badly. Yeah. Sometimes Archie gets dumb. And angry, he gets dumb. If he's angry, he gets dumb and he gets deadly. Maybe he'll punch some sense into Hiram. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, hashtag 
Go Bulldogs! Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.